Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. I was trying to get the Audible show open to play. I'm sorry, I'm having a couple of technical issues. Good evening. All welcome to Undivided episode number 11, Grieving While Feeling Divided. Tonight is Wednesday, December the 6th. It's 7 p.m. We are live here on the East Coast here in New Jersey, the home of Life Coach Radio Network's headquarters. And I wanted to remind you all, since the show opened didn't play, that our show is sponsored by Audible.com. That is Audible.com for all your audio and home audio or business audio needs, Audible.com. So tonight we focus in on grieving while feeling divided. And my special guest for this evening will be Michelle West, and Michelle will be along with us shortly. Grief is a part of life. Uh, Grieving someone that we have lost is part of the recovery process of different emotions that we all will experience at some point during our human condition. Grieving is something that hits home, as they would say, to a lot of us. This topic is particularly Uh, poignant in my own life, uh, having lost my father-in-law very recently. Uh, One week ago tonight, I was actually at his wake, and his funeral will be a week uh, tomorrow. We'll mark a week since his funeral mass and his interment and funeral procession. So tonight it takes on a special meaning for me. I've received listener email and listener messages, to which I'm very grateful that this show means a lot to them, especially at this time of year with the holidays upon us. The loss of someone close to us is particularly hard to grapple with at this time of year. Brings up a lot of family memories and other memories. As I said before, grieving is a part of life. It's a part of loss of someone that we love. It's part of our human condition, and part of that process of grieving, there could be a feeling of relief, especially if that person has suffered a great deal. Feelings of guilt or shame. A certain way, let's say, you felt relieved that that person was no longer here. There's a lot of guilt that can accompany that, that people, family members, relatives, close friends experience after a loss of someone they love. So tonight we're going to talk about how do you navigate those feelings. I've talked on the show before about the loss of my mother, which was several years ago. So that's going to tie in too. I was a caregiver to my mother as 
I discussed on the show where my sister showed up, as we called it, Maria Maduri was on, on the show, on the episode on self-care. And we were talking about moving forward after you've taken care of someone else for so long. How do you take care of yourself? Some of that's going to tie into our conversation tonight with Michelle. We're also going to depart from the format a bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, certainly my own life experiences. I'm sure Michelle has her own experiences to lend. We're going to depart from the format a little bit in so much as when I bring on Michelle in a minute or two, she's going to open with a story rather than me starting essentially what's known as question and answer or interview type of process that's our usual format. We're also going to answer questions together jointly since we both have experience in this area. Uh, But Michelle is a wellness expert and has a lot of experience. Uh, She and I met through the coaching school that we both attended. And Michelle went uh, to better herself personally more than other people were looking to start their own practices um, or maybe uh, do it to join a, a corporation as a corporate coach, uh, Michelle went through the process to better herself and to have a better self-awareness and has taken that and has utilized that training as a professional, certified professional coach in her career, in her family, and in all aspects of her life. I'm really grateful that Michelle could come on tonight and lend her experience and health and wellness to the process that we take while grieving the episode is called Grieving While Feeling Divided because you can feel divided against yourself while grieving. You could be pushed and pulled in different directions through the emotions of the grieving process. So to navigate through all that, I'm going to put on Michelle now. Hi, Hello? Frank. Hi, Frank. Michelle, welcome to Hi, Undivided. Well, can you hear me? Thank you so much for having me here tonight. I really appreciate this opportunity Thank to talk you for about coming this. this. This is a very emotional subject, and you know I have said this to you before. You have my most sincere condolences on the loss of your father-in-law. I know how difficult this has been oh, for you. Oh, thank you so much. So as you had mentioned, I was listening in. I wanted to start with a little story to lighten it up just a little bit and talk about how I experienced grieving and this conflict in grieving. Um, My mom passed five years ago, and uh, she passed 10 days before my wedding. And if anybody's been to a wedding or planned a wedding, they know that it's very hectic those few days before the wedding. And I put myself into automaton mode, and I did what I had to do with my mom and, and took care of everything. And then I went and I was getting married on a beautiful day in my front house, in the front of my house here. And um, a good friend of ours who was an Episcopal priest was marrying us. And I looked around at this crowd of friends and family gathered, and I realized that my mom wasn't there. And that was the first time it really hit me. And I, in front of all these people, I started to cry. And my husband, who I had known for already seven years, kind of came up next to me and whispered in my ear, I know we've known each other for a long time, but are you really sure you want to do this? 
and it kind of lightened up the mood and broke that. And I made that, I made a split second decision there because there were so many people for this wonderful loving day that I wasn't going to grieve for my mother. I was going to enjoy the day and I was going to put it into perspective tomorrow. And the point of this story is that grief is so personal and so different for everyone and everyone handles it very different i think that if you asked any person on the street what grief means they would probably say well sadness due to a loss but we both know friends that if it were only that simple the truth is that grief is an extremely complex set of emotion encompassing things from anger relief sadness a whole array of emotions And I think that the one steadfast fact about grief is that everyone grieves differently. And depending on the circumstances of the loved ones that have passed, an individual, the same individual, can even grieve differently in different experiences. That's true. That's true. I've seen it in, you know, my own walk. Yeah, and... And in different people that I've encountered, uh, friends that have lost parents or siblings, um, mm-hmm. I've seen that, and mm-hmm. how it can affect you differently at different times. And it's very similar to the energy levels that we uh, studied, you know, through our coaching training very, through the ELI. You know, very you true. can be at a different level, you know, throughout the day, kind of like the stock market, and oh, be all very kind true. of all over the place. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen that with, with different people, as I, as I said before. And, and it's for, for certain people, it's, that's like a natural thing. It can be, you know, it's up and down throughout the day. It and is. certain things may and remind I, you of that person. Right. And I right. made that choice because I knew that I held my mother in my heart, but I knew that it had to be somewhere else that day and I think that I made a choice to use anabolic energy and to look at positive look at that day positively instead of the loss that I was experiencing and for me that was my choice and I've I've kind of held on to that for for a lot of things when I think back about mom I think about let's hold on to those positive thoughts as opposed to going to that negative place or I like to sometimes call it the dark place Right, because that can that can be disabling, you know those Very feelings of, of yeah, grief and guilt and and that those feelings Anger, over that loss can really be disabling. True. True. That can all tie into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think causes people while they're grieving the most resistance in moving forward? I thought about that, and I think that probably what holds people back the most is self-doubt and fear. I think that many people think to themselves, I don't think I'm feeling the right way. I think I should be sadder. Something must not be right here. I must not be normal. And, of course, fear comes in with fear of judgment. And the truth of the matter is, there is no right or wrong way to, to grieve. It is so personal. 
but because there's no book on, well, I guess there are books on, I shouldn't say that, but there's no internalized book, nothing that says, oh, for you, this is the way you will grieve. You really need to find that path yourself. And the only way you do it is when you go through it, unfortunately. And and this is a topic that is so poignant because at some point in everyone's life, we will go through a situation where we need to grieve. And the emotions that tie in are so strong and so confusing that it causes a lot of people a lot more pain and angst than they need. And they focus on things other than the grief itself. That's true. There's no roadmap to it. <laughs> there is not. Uh, there are books, certainly. There's no roadmap on it. But everyone, I think, in this, in something as personal as grief, has their own roadmap. And unfortunately, each time you grieve, you blaze your own trail. And you create your roadmap as you're going and through there's it. Always that, right. There's always that debate, too, about the, the sudden loss versus the prolonged uh, suffering right. aspect of it, and it, which one's easier or quote-unquote, easier or harder, quote-unquote, to to deal with, whether someone passes suddenly or it's an expected thing. Um, My view on that is is either one is difficult in its own way. (laughs) Correct. A loss is still a loss, whether it's a sudden loss. It presents different challenges. Right, and I think Mm -hmm. that's exactly right, Frank. I think that probably everyone would feel the same way. Loss is loss, whether it's a sudden loss, or a prolonged loss. There's different feelings associated with it, but it's still a loss, and you just have to go through it on your own. Why do you think we, in general terms, feel guilty, as I alluded to in the show open, over the relief that we have or we can feel after the passing of someone we love? Oh, that's a great question. I think that, I think it has to go back once again self-doubt because I think you say to yourself oh this can't be this can't be right I can't I, I shouldn't be feeling like this I should be sadder why do I feel relief but the truth of the matter is there is relief especially when it's a long illness I had a long illness with my mom and it is very challenging to watch someone deteriorate and there is relief and you have to reconcile those feelings I had a, um, I read a good story about a woman who said when her mom passed away after a long illness, she felt like a fraud because everyone was telling her, oh, you must be so sad, it's, I feel so bad for you. And all she felt at that moment was relief. But this is normal human nature. And this is how we have to just go through our own grief. We have to realize and recognize that what we're going through is real. We feel it and that we will come out through the other end if we take care of ourselves. And this goes back to other, like, uh, other talks that you've had about self-care, which is so important. Absolutely. 7.15 right on the nose. We're 15 minutes in. We're live here on the East Coast, undivided episode number 11, Grieving While Feeling Divided. And again, our special guest this evening is Michelle West. Uh, preview for an upcoming show here on Life Coach Radio Network is Brenda Baird's show. She's teaming up with Henry Schoenfeld, Reverend Dr. Henry Schoenfeld, as they continue their series, 
being at home at the holidays, of which uh, I should take a page from. Uh, Thursday, the 7th, which is tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central Time, so that's 8 p.m. Eastern, here on the Life Coach Radio Network. Brenda and Henry will tag team yet another part, part of their series, being at home at the holidays, which runs through Christmas or just beyond Christmas time uh, this year, and giving you ideas and helpful tips on how to survive being at home for the holidays with different relatives and different people and old friends and different situations that may come your way. And that's tomorrow night, Thursday the 7th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And we're back here on Undivided. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, uh, taking you through Grieving While Feeling Divided with Michelle West. So when we went to our break, we were talking about you know, the relief that can happen. And that certainly is part of that. Uh, there's a, a, a question that I received um, and kind of morphed from a, from a listener question that I think we could tackle together uh, is this is the question. What role does culture or religion or even gender play in the grieving process? So we can tackle this uh, together, certainly the gender piece, but we both, I think, have um, tribute on this one. So what role does Ooh. culture or religion or even gender play? Wow, that's a great question. And I think that's a really important question because I think the way society views people and society grieves, uh, um, views grieving is so important on how we judge ourselves. What are your thoughts, Frank? I look at it in a few different ways. Um, thank you for that answer. Uh, I think culture plays a role because certain cultures view death differently. So they may have uh, a religious aspect of reincarnation could come into play. Mm -hmm. Uh, There could be a cultural aspect where uh, they treat death differently. You know, I think of Judaism and sitting Shiva, which I've I've done with with different friends at different points. Right. Um, And covering mirrors and things of that nature. And there's a lot of emotion uh, tied into that from a cultural and religious aspect that kind of ties both in. And from the gender point of view, I know for myself, you know, when my mom died, I think it was a little more expected versus when other people I've lost have, have, have passed that, you know, I would be upset. When my mom died, I was thinking I was going through a lot of different emotions and certainly was upset, but I almost went through this um, complete emotional uh almost evaporation. It was almost like this complete cathartic release. And there was a lot of things going on to the point where I was kind of shocked that it was actually happening and felt like it was kind of like an out-of-body thing. That, And it was so overwhelming because there's so many people and you're just kind of going through the motions of getting through the days that were involved around that. Uh, that I think it hit me, like you were saying, like much later um, in, in this most recent thing with my father-in-law. And that event, uh, I was trying to be strong for my wife, and everyone kept saying, oh, you have to be there for me, you have to be strong for your wife. But I lived through it, too, and took care of him, too. And at a certain point, when it was time for us to say goodbye in the funeral home, that's when it really hit me. Right. And, and I finally allowed myself to get upset about 
because I was trying to be a strong man, you know, and, and keep that all in, which, you know, for better or worse, is a, is a gender expectation. It is, and, and also a society expectation as well, because I think mm-hmm. you hit the nail right on the head there. I think that um, our, our Western culture, our Western society has often viewed as, as grieving. And look, I, I, I think that this is all changing, and I think it's a wonderful thing that it's changing, but I think that people have often been labeled as weak if they are uh, shown, to, uh, shown to be excessively grieving. Well, you know, who are, who's someone to judge someone else on how they're grieving? But these gender roles are all part of this society, I think. And the man is supposed to be the t- strong, tough one. The woman is supposed to be more emotional. Well, those we know that those those are being shattered, and thank goodness for that. But how many times have you heard people say, you must be strong for so-and-so, for the other person? And well. You kind of want to say, well, who's going to be strong for me? i got to be strong for me, too. So there's a lot of society's kind of, I'm not sure how you call it, the norms we've kind of grown up with that, that surround grief and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And as I said so many times, I'm so happy to see that those things are being shattered now and people are moving way past that because really what it boils down to is what's normal for me may not be normal for you, and what's normal for you may not be normal for me. That's very true. It's, it's looking at those norms and those societal, quote-unquote, norms and right. the gender norms, but what I think helped me was the religious aspect of it. I've shared my Roman Catholicism the show before. Um, right. is a big part of, of my life, but it's part of that is believing that that person's in a better place really does help. And it helped, you know, in, when my mother passed, I lost my grandfather, you know, uh, about six months ago. Uh, when my grandmother passed away, like six, seven years ago, uh, that, and now certainly with my father-in-law was, well, they suffered a lot in all four of those cases, the most recent ones in my own life, uh, as far as my family's concerned. And you say that and say, okay, they've suffered a lot. They're in a better place now, and and they're with uh, other loved ones that have gone before us. That makes it a lot more palatable, I think, to deal with it too. I uh, agree, and I think that trans- I agree, and I think that's where our faith really does come into it because our faith is often what people fall back upon in times of grief, and you want to believe that you'll see your loved one again you want to believe that they're in a better place. And that's what kind of, I think, is gives you comfort and strength. Not what society dictates, not what gender roles, but basically what your faith, falling back on your faith is, is uh, what I found, well, for me, was what kept me strong. Yes, I agree. And people say that, you know, uh, I go to mass uh, uh, during the week, um, you know, one or two times during the week, and I do that a lot too, because to, I feel like I commune with with those that have gone before me, and, and that's such an important part of that kind of moving forward that process of going through the steps and, and taking it through the grieving process and feeling like, okay, now I could commune with with my loved ones. 
at Mass, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing for, you know, it, my own personal religion faith journey that it's, it allows me to do that. Right. I feel the same way. So how do you think somebody who is plagued by guilt, because i got a lot of questions about this, mm-hmm. you know, they, they might have relief and they feel guilty for having that relief that that person's gone, plagued by that guilt and those feelings of guilt, how do they move forward? I think that that is a very challenging thing. And I think that to move forward, what we have to do is be kind to ourselves, not only to other people, but be kind to ourselves. So we take our energy from a negative place and we bring it to a positive place. And we have to say to ourselves, um, actually, this is, and I can't, I can't remember the title of this book, but a psychologist recommended that you say to yourself when you're going to that tar- dark place, you say to yourself, stop, I'm not going to go there. And you realize that what you're feeling is normal. I apologize. I have a, a naughty dog running in the background. Um, you oh, realize that your, your feelings are normal, that what you're feeling is normal. And I think it's really a lot of, you need to do a lot of self-help, self-care. I think another really important thing, and this is a really great tip, I think, um, I read this also somewhere, treat yourself as if you were giving advice to your best friend. Because you would, would you ever tell your best friend that you think that they were awful because they felt relief? No, you would never do that. You would be kind and positive and tell them that everything that they are feeling was completely normal. So I think that a way to move through that, those negative feelings of guilt and, and anguish over how you feel this release is to realize that what you're feeling is normal and to be kind to yourself and know that it will pass and know that what you're feeling is normal. And if you explain it to someone else or not, if you choose that, it's up to you, but those answers come from within, and you can answer those yourself. That's an awesome, awesome answer. Thank you. Um, that's really enlightening. You're welcome. And I think our listeners will be really enlightened by that as well. Uh, we're going to open the phone lines in a couple minutes. I was like to put the phone number out. I'm thinking of it, 646 646- Seven one six nine three nine seven. Again, that phone number is six four six one six nine three nine seven. Audible dot com brings us our show, undivided show. That's undivided s h o w at gmail dot com. If you do not feel comfortable calling, and even contributing something that way, you want to shoot an email. We've had that in the past. We've had some great questions come about through the email. What I call the email bag. Um, that we open up during the show. I just checked it a couple seconds ago. Um, so I do check it throughout our live shows. So if you want to do that as well, that's a way that you can interact with uh, Michelle and myself tonight on what is certainly a really emotionally charged topic. So we've had that in the past where we had the resentment show. People didn't feel like calling it, but they emailed us some great questions. Great. Uh, so that's also an outlet that is available um, as well. Um, as we discussed earlier, we all grieve differently. Uh, how do we deal with members of our family or people around us that may have different reactions to death 
than we might have. It's almost, I feel like the answer to the question is almost within the question when you said we all grieve differently. And I think this is a really hard thing for so many people to understand. And we have to always go back to what's normal for you may not be normal for me. And I know that sometimes you can feel, you see someone who's a friend or a family member who is acting in a way that we may feel is inappropriate. I think we have to consciously stop ourselves from that judgment because that judgment is not good. That doesn't do us any good. It doesn't do our loved one any good. And we have to remember that that person is also grieving and that person is coming from a different place. This is where our positive outlook and our positive approach is so important and moving our energy level from a negative place to a positive place, realizing that that person's feelings are valid and what we're feeling is valid, but they just may be very different. What are your thoughts, Frank? Yes, thank you for um, that answer and for kicking it back. Um, because I've, I've had some experience with this and, and certain people say to me, well, you know, so-and-so uh, seems to be, uh, quote-unquote, happy that the person is no longer here or this person, you know, uh, was not as, you know, let's say upset as you would expect them to be over the mm-hmm. loss of so-and-so. That's, that's where I come at it is, you know, that person may you know, seem to be that way and may not actually be that way. So there's, there's one part of it. There might be a lot of, that might be an outward thing as a coping mechanism. Uh, that's certainly a possibility. There may be some part of that where they believe, oh, well, that person's now at peace. And that if you've been in a long-term situation taking care of someone, that could be a, a, a real relief that, okay, now I can take care of myself. Um, And they feel almost like that openness to a new stage in their own life. Uh, So there's a lot of different things I think that are involved in that. Uh, And and how we do with it and how we grieve is is different. And that I think, like you said, again, the question's almost the answer's within the question. Right. And, And that judgment has to be removed from that. And we've got to focus in on I think just being there for people and and listening above anything else uh, when it I comes agree. to this because it's complicated. complicated it is emotions. so complicated, Frank. Uh, it is so complicated, and you are so right. We're, we need to re- we need to remove that judgment because when we when we put the judgment in there, we don't make it about our loved one. We make it about ourselves, and that's not what we're supposed to be feeling. We're supposed to be feeling our grief, our individual grief, our journey, how we feel about our loved one, not about our judgment. That's, it's, that makes it about us. We need to focus on what we're feeling, which is grief, sadness, and loss. And whatever anybody else feels is, is their feeling. And we can't, we can't deny them or we can't condemn them for how they feel. Or we shouldn't. I know we people do, and we've all we've all had we've all fallen from grace, so to speak. But we try, mm-hmm. especially at this time in the time of grief. We need to remember how important it is to keep the fo- focus off of us, our feelings, 
about someone else and to focus on how we feel about the person that we have lost. You're right. That really should be the central focus of, of things. Uh, we're right at our midpoint of the show break, 732. Here on the East, you are listening to Undivided here on Life Coach Radio Network, episode number 11, believe it or not, grieving while feeling divided for all the uh, audience and listener participation. I am truly grateful as we uh, now will open our lines. The phone lines are open, 646-716-9397. Again, 646-716-9397. Undivided show at gmail.com if you have an email, question, comment, uh, or want to participate in some way. I know this is a really charged topic that all of us have some sort of connection or experience with or will at some point, as Michelle pointed out earlier. It will touch us all one way or another. Audible.com brings us our show. Jan Jaffe's show is coming up at noon Eastern time on December the 13th, which is one week from today. Jen Jaffe has a brand new program coming at you Wednesday, December 13th at 12 noon on the Life Coach Radio Network. And as I have done uh, for several weeks now with all of the hurricanes, earthquakes, and man-made disasters, the wildfires, and uh, some other things going on in our world, and just the poverty level being what it is, www.salvationarmyus.org. That's www. SalvationArmyUS.org, give from the heart. This holiday season, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. Again, 800-919-9338, Catholic Charities. Salvation Army, here on Life Coach Radio Network. With you, undivided, Frank J. Maduri, Michelle West, talking about grieving while feeling divided, and that certainly can be the case for so many people. And uh, we're back here after our midpoint of the show break. And the phone lines are open, 646-716-9397. How do we bridge the divide as we come to our segment called Bridging the Divide, which is halfway through our show? How do we bridge the divide between ourselves, our feelings, and those around us? Wow, we have some really great questions here, Frank. Tough questions, too, don't you think? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, these, these are things that you can really spend a lot of time talking about. How do we bridge the divide? Again, we need to reconcile our feelings that what we're feeling is normal. That our feelings... And, and I, as much as a, this is a, is a cliche, but time does heal all wounds. Time does help. And how we bridge the divide with those around us, that's a very personal journey, too. Some people share. Some people hold it in. I have a wonderful, wonderful friend who lost both her parents within two months of each other. And couldn't talk about it at all, and just couldn't, because that was her particular journey. She just, she kept it all inside. And after a while, you could see that she came out of it, and she felt a little better. But that was her particular way of grief, and we knew, I've known her so well for so long, and I said, 
when she's ready, she'll talk. And sure enough, when she was ready, she did. But everyone's, everyone's grief, everyone's grieving is so personal that, so, again, I think we go back to this. The only way you, make, you have a roadmap is while you're creating it. You're blazing your own trail as you're grieving. And it's, it's unfortunate because it is an experience that we will all have. So it would be one of those wonderful things to say, if, if someone could only tell me how I'm going to feel, but no one can do that. Only we can do that for ourselves. That's true. Uh, I think that it's um, it's hard to do that. It's easier said than done as far as you know, saying, oh, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be able to uh, this. And, and, and those around us might be, as we discussed, grieving differently and at a different stage. Let's say they might be in a stage of anger or they might be in a stage of denial that something has happened. And we're ready to accept that and move on or some people want to ignore that it happened and just you know, maybe put themselves back into work. You know, you hear stories of people going to work the next day uh, after right. a funeral or something like that, not giving themselves right. any, even any time to, um, you know, come to terms with it. So that is, uh, as far as bridging that divide, I think it really is a personal thing. It really is, like you said, you're blazing your own trail. Uh you know, because th- this is so individualized uh, and each person deals with it so differently based on so many things that obviously we can't even an hour show, you know, from their own upbringing and their own life experiences, the whole nature and nurture debate. Oh, right. All that ties into this, right, as far as, you know, are you a flight or fright? Uh, what is your past experiences and how you deal with conflict resolution? So there's so many different things that come into it that are part of each individual person's makeup that I think really dictates how you would respond to something right. like the grieving process. And so those are all great uh, feedback that I hope to for listeners. I, I think that one of the things that is really evident that we're both bringing up all the time is how, how complex grief is. And how it's not a five-letter word. It's not five simple letters. It's a complex range of emotions that sometimes come at us all at once and sometimes come at us in different stages. And I know I felt many different feelings all at once, and I think that that can be kind of overwhelming because you feel, I can't possibly feel one more emotion at this moment or I will explode. And yet somehow you have to get through. And that's when the self-care has to come in to say, I need to stop. I need to stop thinking these things. I need to sort through these and I need to be kind to myself. What would I say to my best friend? I, I use that one, that example a lot, Frank. What would I say to my best friend? I would say, be kind to yourself. What you're feeling is normal. You'll get through it. And that's what you have to say to yourself. Because it is a very difficult process. It is. And I know of people that they're going through it themselves. And someone close to them 
uh, a best friend or good friend or a really close coworker then has lost somebody in their life like at the same time. Right. And that person then has to go through with someone else who may not be there for them at that exact time and then shortly after going through all the steps that we take uh, through different, you know, procedures of the wake or viewing a funeral and term and et cetera, have to then go through that a few days later with someone else that's close to them. And that's got to be very, very difficult. And I think kind of change different aspects of the process to, to extend it in some way because it brings those feelings back, you know, right away. Uh, we also had uh, people in our own experience that have come and said, you know, this experience has made me think of when I lost so-and-so in my life. And it's brought about those emotions, you know, for them. Right. Um, you know, so that that is part of it. I know in my own experience, uh, uh, someone that I didn't know very well, uh, but it was uh, through through my wife I knew them. They passed away about a year after my mom died, and it brought a lot of that back up for me going to that. Because I had been to a funeral home, basically, since that went on. So then you have all those emotions that come back uh, to the surface. So it's something that is interesting because you go through the steps, and then you, you replay them. <laughs> At you different do. points in your life, it's almost like a CD that comes back on, on a loop. You know? right. and, and, uh, and you start replaying and often the intensity level is different. And sometimes you think, why am I so emotional for this particular person when it wasn't as close as another person who had passed maybe a few months earlier? Well, I think we, again, have to go back to self-care and, and realizing that sometimes those wounds are so fresh that... Someone who is someone you know, but not as well as perhaps another person who passed, brings up such a flood of emotion, and you just have to be ready to deal with that. You do, and that's an excellent point, because I've had that in my own experience, so why the heck am I, you know, not to take anything away from the person, but why the heck am I so upset for so-and-so and not for you know, so-and-so, <laughs> you know, Correct. it becomes this thing where you're trying to figure out, you know, is it there's Correct. some other you know, emotional situation driving that. Correct. Which, which is interesting. So it's it's different at different points in um, this great walk we call life, as I like to say. Right. Um, you and I both went to uh, training for coaching. I had, I had alluded to that in, in the show open. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both went through the steps. We both went through the process of uh, being certified. Uh, this is one we could take together. What role can coaching play in the grieving process? Because, again, this is Life Coach Radio Network, and I always try to take these things that could divide us either against each other or in society or against ourselves back to coaching and what coaching can do and what role does coaching play. So what role can it play in the grieving process? I think it take it can have a huge and immense role. I think that a good coach can help you go from uh, a catabolic energy from a very negative place to move you into a positive place to show you 
to help guide you into some self-care because we can talk about how we need to be self-aware and take care and do self-care. And we can say we know that things are normal for you, but they are not normal for me. There are many people out there who don't have those experiences and don't realize this. So someone who is going through this, maybe for the first time, could get gain so much benefit from this. From someone, there's many coaches out there, and I've actually helped somebody recently with a, a grieving situation, just to help them understand that time will time will help. Everything they're going through is normal. We're going to move through different steps, ask different questions, get their focus on something other than um, this negative place that it's in. What are your thoughts about that, Frank? So many different uh, concepts come to mind. I, I agree with um, that assessment. Uh, a good coach really can and help you, I think, take it from that uh, potentially negative situation to a positive viewpoint because we're forward focused. Uh, but at the same time, you want to make sure they truly go through those steps of letting go of any regrets or any guilt or any potentially catabolic feelings uh, before we move them forward. You don't want them to say, okay, I'm ready to jump forward, and they're really stuck in some kind of block uh, that's going to come back to hurt them at some other point. Uh, so education of the client is big. Exactly right. You know, encouraging them to learn about the health and the aging process and about grief itself. Just encouraging them to to pick up different resources so it's not just you telling them, well, this is how, you know, you should feel. Uh, the main tenet of love being a real timeless thing. Uh, so health issues being part of our journey of life, part of that human experience. I think that would help empower a client uh, also to focus them on the peace that comes from the changes in life. You know, I alluded to that before. You know, people have uh, written in or called into this show saying that they're really interested because they had helped uh, a parent or a grandparent and they were so involved in their care that then the change of life then becomes, I can focus on my career again. I could right. focus on you know, maybe starting a family, whatever situation you are in life, I could travel. You know, I know someone in, in my life that was very involved in, in, in the care of a parent that said, now, you know, I'm going to take care of, uh, I'm going to do me for a while, as they say. Uh, so it's going to, it's an empowering thing. So you can shift it that way. That caregiving is part of our journey for a lot of people. And now you're at a new stage to make of it. You have freedom to make choices. So that is a very empowering thought. And that forward focus of of saying, let's make sure that, you know, the loss and the grieving, you're living in the present with them and saying this loss, this pain, the grief that you're feeling is part of a purpose that, that we all have. It's part of the journey. But it's and, not the destination and, and taking them through that to get focused on that. And it's part of life. It is It is the one absolute truth that we will all go through. We will all go through grief. 
think we will. It's it's inevitable. You know, they say it, it, nobody can beat Father Time, so we all have to, to come to terms with that, and we're all or should be connected to to several people. So there, invariably, someone we're connected to in some way is going to experience that, and it's mm-hmm. going to affect us. Um, so true. What do you think is the best advice for someone trying to reconcile all these different feelings after the loss of someone close to them, let's say a parent, as I alluded to, a parent, a godparent, a grandparent, a sibling. What's the best advice for them uh, to kind of reconcile all these different emotions? I actually do think that we could circle back to coaching. I think coaching would, because I think something that you said just stuck with me, making sure this person gets through each step is so important. Helping as a coach, we help our, our, our clients get through each step and through and to remove blocks and not just move them forward. Make sure that they get through those feelings. And this would be such a great tool for anyone who's going through this to go through these steps, to have these feelings, and to be able to then, when you feel ready, to move to the next level. Thank you. That's a great answer. I uh, I concur with that. You know, I know people have, have checked out my website. Uh, uh, as I've had experience in, the, in this and, and Michelle's a lot of experience in, in health and wellness and my life experience to lend. So if you think that coaching experience could help you and uh, some coaching could help you, uh, you'll feel free to reach out, reach out to uh, the network, I can refer you to somebody if I think it's something that I can't help you with. Um, and we can take it from there. So that's always uh, an option. Uh, how do you recondition your mind if you've been a caregiver for so long? I, I know I've circled back to that at other points uh, throughout the, the broadcast tonight. How do we recondition our minds? And here you've been caregiver and now that person is gone and it might be years, it might be a few months, but it was very intense. How do you do that? That's, yeah, that's, that's a real challenge, isn't it, Frank? We both know what that's like. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to be willing to say, okay, it's time to move forward. We went through, I did the best I could. I did the very best I could for this loved one. Now I need to take care of me. And you try to you slowly try to move forward on self-care, self and any anything that comes along with that. I mean, there could be those those feelings that come up with, I feel so much relief. This is terrible. Why do I feel relief? You have to be forgiving to yourself. You have to realize it's all normal. I don't think anyone signs up willingly to say, yeah, I really want to take care of, you know, my mom, my dad, my spouse, my sibling in a really critical situation and watch them deteriorate slowly. Nobody wants that. So when we're thrown into that situation, it's not easy. It's really challenging. And when we step out of it, it takes a little time for us to have a little bit of healing, self-healing, and then being able to move forward. Again, this is where a coach can come in and help focus someone because I know that these are the times when people can often get scattered. They don't know where to go. There's a void and they need something to fill the void and they reach for different things. This is when a life coach can really help or a grieving coach can help because they can really help focus that person on 
what it is that they're interested in, where their where their goals are, where they want to take their next steps in life. And a coach can help them instead of going into um, a million different directions. They can focus them. That's a great point. And, and it comes mm-hmm. back to, you know, my own experience, like I said, with my sister, when my sister was on the show, it's also a coach, and we were talking about self-care. We both spoke about, uh, for people that heard the episode, they know, but there's a lot of people that miss episodes or only drop in for one or two. That episode, we were talking about the different routines and that you can get yourself into as a caregiver and how those routines then when they're, when that, there's a finality of that situation, that person has passed and that routine obviously is no longer valid uh, or no longer, you know, purposeful, you have a, a big void almost and is probably the best way to describe it. And we're talking about, you know, how evolved, you know, she was in one aspect of it and I was in another. I frequently drove her uh, to her treatments in Philadelphia and I did that on a Tuesday. And I would wake up a lot on Tuesdays. You hear about like when athletes retire, they get ready to go to, you know, practice or something. I was getting up and my wife saying, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to go to Philadelphia. (laughs) Oh, wait, I have to go to Philadelphia today. So it was like, it's Tuesday. I go to Philadelphia because I did it for four years. So you're like, okay, this is what I do. Uh, With my father-in-law share story, after he had passed, I went downstairs and there were a couple of people downstairs and I walked past them and I saw the medication on the counter. I opened the fridge. I'm getting out applesauce to crush up his mm. six o'clock medication at five forty five. Mm. And they're asking me what I'm doing. As as I'm saying it, I realize I don't have to do that anymore. Right. And that's when a lot of emotion really hit me over that because right. My mind was so entrained that I was working in my home office on some things, and I said, "Oh, it's 5:45. I got to get downstairs. I got to get that ready so that I get the medication, you know, done at six, because that was part of the thing that I made sure that was done. Right. I don't have to do that anymore. And, so how do you recondition that boy? I could have really used coaching. Yeah. Right. I could have really used coaching when my mom died several years ago because that planning aspect of coming up with some goals and plans uh, when you think about the AIM SMART process. Right. I could have right. used that to say, here, now you have all this time. And, you know, I'm a routine-driven person. You know, I go to the gym every day at a certain time. I go, you know, do this on a certain day. You know, my time is all oriented to different things. So, like, I can now say, okay, now with this portion of time that used to be dedicated towards caregiving and that I was kind of lost you know when my mom died I kind of was in this whole I don't know what to do with myself and it lasted a year you know if if I had gone through what I know now I would have handled it differently sorry for the long answer but that was my my no no I think that that is such a uh, and when we bring our personal experiences into it it just makes it so much more real doesn't it but this is this is so true because this becomes almost rote. And Tuesday morning you woke up and you drove to Philadelphia. And now, oh my goodness, what do I do now? And that's where your coaching comes in because 
I, I happen to be a creature of habit and, and have, of routines too. And often those type of people, when you don't have it, you get a little panicky. And you say, oh boy, oh boy, must fill the time. What do I do? And you say, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And sometimes nothing gets done or sometimes a million things get started and don't get completed. And that is not, that's self-defeating. And if we can get some help to focus in on what our goals really are and what's most important to us, not just busy work, but what, what really, what, what our passions are, we can make some better choices as to what we want to do. We can, absolutely. You know, people will say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to dive into a hobby uh, that I have. Well, is that really the best use of your time? You know, there might be, you, by asking some different questions, empowering questions, probing questions, uh, scaling questions, you might, through the coaching process, identify some areas within yourself with some other tools that we have that we can provide uh, or any life coach could provide. Uh, right could identify some other areas where they maybe should spend some time right? Uh, and, right. and discover a whole other aspect to this that, that this stage in life would, would provide. So that's a really great point that you made too, Michelle. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And, and I know that I actually know someone who said, well, they were a caregiver and they said now, and, and when you said hobby, that reminded me that I'm going to do, I'm going to take up a hobby. And I remember asking, well, what do you like to do? Do you like to do arts and crafts? Well, no, not really. And I asked several different things. Well, it turned out that this person didn't really want to do a hobby at all. And after a few questions, you could find out that this person really wanted to just read and, and do more reading. And what a wonderful thing to come up instead of wasting your time, wasting your money, and, and feeling defeated that you weren't happy with what you chose and spreading yourself all over that you wanted to become part of a book club and spend more time in the library because that was what was important to you. And how wonderful. And I know I did not have a coach when my mom and and also when my dad passed. And I know that with the amount of times that I had left over, it would have been so much better if I had someone helping me focus my, my desires, my passions to where I would feel good about myself and be most productive because really what we need to do is feel good about ourselves after we have that loss and we lost that whole routine and upset the whole apple cart and we need to kind of push through it. Exactly. You know, people say, oh, you know, I'm going to go to like a boat show and, you know, buy a boat or something. I'm saying, well, that might be a, a big expense and then do you really have you know, the time, the drive to commit to that. And as you get through it, they say, you know what? I don't know if I really want to own a boat. Maybe I want to just go on vacation on one. You know, that becomes this whole other thing that that (laughs) being discovered through. And the person could go on a cruise to Alaska and save themselves a lot of money and and time. uh, And enjoy themselves a lot more. So that's that's an important point, too. As we we move along and take people through uh, different aspects of this. Uh, what we call the grieving process. So we've come to the point of our show called the Common Ground segment. And in this segment, on this show, you know, we talk about a division of some kind. In this case, 
essentially being either divided from yourself or divided maybe from people around you and how they're going through grief and the grieving process versus how you may be coping or handling it. What are some first steps uh, towards common ground uh, to heal or allow for feelings of, of relief to really take hold? I think that, again, realizing that grief is a very personal journey and that everyone goes through it a little differently will allow us to get us through our own internal division, that internal divide that we have. And when we view others who are grieving very differently from us, I think removing judgment. And when we realize that it comes up, because it does come up, everyone's, everyone's human, and you say, wow, how can you sit down and you know, eat a whole pizza when we're all crying here? Well, that's how they go through grief. And yeah, right. when we remove that, <laughs> when we remove judgment, and, and actually, when we remove judgment from ourselves, so I think the first step is to remove judgment. We can allow ourselves to start healing, and that divide can come together a little bit because the judgment's gone, and therefore we can accept what we're going through and accept those around us who are going through things, the same experience, but having a different personal experience. It's very true. It's like that old saying, feelings aren't right or wrong, they just are. And it's kind of apropos. Just are. So the people say to me, oh, is it right that, quote, unquote, right, that I feel this way because, you know, my mother died? Or is it, quote, unquote, right that I feel this way after, you know, my brother had been suffering for so long passed away? There is no right or wrong. If you're experiencing it, you know, in this situation, it just is. And it's so true. It's so true. It's just time to take your personal inventory. Journaling probably helps a lot, I would imagine, during that kind of process. Oh. And saying, okay, let's take this one day at a time, which is the only way we all live anyway, and say, okay, what what is it like? To, what's it going to be like tomorrow? We don't know that yet. But, we're, you know, it's important, I think, for families to say, I'm here for you for friends that have come to me and been so helpful. I'm here for you. Like if you need to talk, if, if you need to, to do so, it's so important to listen and be available to people that are going through it too. Uh, right. You know, I said to my wife every night, you know, wake me up if you need anything, you know, cause I'm oh, there. That's so nice. Uh, that's wonderful of you. You know, uh, it's, it's part of, you know, what we do and, and say, you know, I'll listen to you as long as you want to talk about it. I'd stay up late. I'll do whatever just so that you feel better and you feel heard and acknowledged and validated and that your feelings are there. So that's part of, of what we have to be for each other as well. Right. And of course, with your wife, I'm sorry, and of course, with your wife, it's such a perfect example of wake me up when you need to talk. Let me know. No judgment. Validate feelings and move forward and listen. And we need to listen to ourselves. We need to listen to others around us. 
And I think an important thing is to learn to stop ourselves, maybe say, I, I can do this today and realize that, and, and you hit the nail right on the head, we live one day at a time, and today we're going to choose to be a good person, to be a positive person, and let's deal with the grief tomorrow, and then maybe we could deal with the grief the day after or the day after and or the sadness, and, and we could choose to get through it that way. What a nice point to end the show on. We find common ground and help people through this process called grieving and help them maybe feel a little less divided against either themselves or others after they listen tonight. Michelle, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. It was Um, a pleasure. It was a pleasure speaking on this. this. It was a difficult subject an emotional subject, but something that we all go through. And I, I so appreciate you asking me to speak on this. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And um, we have a couple of uh, uh, housekeeping things to do here. Again, uh, audible.com is our uh, sponsor here of our show. Uh, Tammy Banfield, who was my guest on my last show, if you all remember, we talked about uh, the gender divide and the glass ceiling and some things around that. Tammy Banfield has a brand new show uh, coming your way at 1 p.m. Eastern, Wednesday, December the 13th. It's one week from today, 1 o'clock Eastern time. It's over on Life Coach Chat Channel. And again, it's Tammy Banfield. If you're a woman, uh, I think you'd get a lot out of this uh, following her and her show. Uh, she's talking a lot about uh, empowering women and uh, careers to empower women, and that's going to be the crux of the next couple of episodes that she has in her new show. That, as she's a, a new member of our team here at Life Coach Radio Network, uh, also important uh, again to circle back to the Salvation Army. It's www.salvationarmyus.org. Give from the heart here in this holiday season. Catholic Charities 800 919 and if you've gone through something painful or traumatic, whether that's a loss of a parent, whether it's a sudden loss of a spouse or, or a best friend, whether it's a loss of a cousin or a godchild, something that could be very sudden, very tragic, if it's anything related to anything that you can't get out of your mind, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800 273 8255. That's 800-273-8255. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Remember, you matter, and and people there are there to listen to you. So if you need help, please call. Please get the help you need. Life is precious. It's valuable. It's a blessing. You are important and matter. Please call if you need any help. My next show for Undivided is December the 20th, so that's two weeks from tonight at 7 p.m. live. I'm going to be going solo, so I'm going to hope that some people call in and help me out. December the 20th at 7 p.m., the Christmas and holiday show. So I'm going to talk about Christmas and all the different holidays from all the different religions, all the different cultural holidays around this time, uh, season of light type of thing, and how they're all connected and related where society wants us to feel like they're not and try and divide us by that. So the Christmas holiday show here on Undivided, December 20th at 7 p.m. live, just me going solo that night. Hopefully you guys can call in or email in so we have 
uh, a lot of different ground we can cover. Thank you again, Michelle, for coming on. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate it and appreciate your time on uh, such an important topic. And this has been Undivided, episode number 11, Grieving While Feeling Divided. I will see you guys again on the 20th, and until then, be blessed and be well.